Welcome to the Campus Christian Fellowship Podcast for the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, and the University of Northern Iowa. I kind of want to go back because I feel like chapter 10 is one of those chapters that kind of like sits at the heart of what Paul's trying to communicate in his letter. Um, so I kind of want to give just some some refresher on some background stuff about Corinth, about Paul, about kind of what's going on um, in this letter. And, and so I uh, just wanted to remind you in, in case um, you've forgotten or if you haven't heard or whatever. So Corinth is kind of this, because it's where it's at, it's this really important port city. There's a lot of trading going on. There's a lot of things happening. Um, it's a place where like all these um, like sailors and people involved in the shipping industry would would gather, would port, would would just kind of hang around for a while because with that isthmus there, they actually, they never built a canal there until like way later. Um, they'd actually drag the ships across the land there to connect up to the sea. And so there's this kind of long process of dragging a ship across. And you have all the people that are on the ship aren't going to hang out on the ship while they're dragging it across. They're going to hang out in town. Um, if you know anything about port cities and sailors, they tend to attract, um, what's the word? Oh yeah, prostitutes. Um, so there's a lot of that in going on in, in Corinth. Corinth is kind of the Las Vegas of its day. There's a lot of seedy things going on. There's a lot of things. Whatever goes on in Corinth, you know, stays in Corinth. It's that kind of a place. Um, and this is where Paul has chosen to plant a church. He's, he's the guy who starts the church in Corinth. There's this amazing thing that as you read through a lot of Paul's letters and then you start to research the cities, there all seem to be these like kind of decrepit bad cities. And to some extent, that's because there's like, a lot of those in ancient times, but also because I think those are places where the church really takes hold because the average person in cities like that, they kind of see the hopelessness of, of everything else that you could pursue, the hopelessness of sin, the hopelessness of, of just investing all of your time and energy in something else that's not uh, Jesus. And, and so when someone comes through town with this message of, hey, there's this guy, Christ, and he brings hope and he brings power. Then all these people start going, oh, that's, huh. Maybe we should give our lives to that instead of this other stuff. And, and so the church starts to take hold in those kind of cities because those are the people that are really starving for God's word and, and for that message. Um, the thing about it, though, is that as that happens, it's uh, it's a difficult place to to change because you've had this former life with all these things that you've been involved with. And, and so Paul has to correct the churches. And so he writes these letters to help them out and say, like, I know you guys were involved in all this stuff before, but this is what a life dedicated to Christ looks like. This is what you should be doing. This is what you should be pursuing. And so that's what he's done with uh, Corinth. He's, he's written them probably three or four letters. Uh, Second Corinthians is likely the third or the fourth. I would argue it's probably the last letter that we're aware of that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And so this is kind of his final, like, correction send off. He's, he's hoping to visit there. And, and so that's the point of him writing this specific letter of Second Corinthians. Um, but a big part of the reason why Paul feels the need to visit the church and why he writes this letter of Second Corinthians is because there's been some people who've come through town who've been causing issues that, um, that they've been basically coming into town and saying, hey, that Paul guy, like he's not that important the the things that he say have you heard him speak he's really not that impressive or that good of a speaker so maybe you shouldn't even listen to paul maybe you shouldn't even worry about 
um, what, what what Paul's saying. And and so they're kind of just trying to like make Paul not that important. And, and so Paul feels the need to address his apostleship in the letter. And that's chapter 10, I think, is when he finally starts to turn into that. He's He's made some references. He's brought up some things about how important his time was in Corinth, how he was a teacher, uh, how he was someone that they should be listening to. Um, but chapter 10 is kind of where he starts to make that big argument. And so he starts to paint for them a picture of what spiritual authority looks like, of what spiritual leadership is. And so uh, he just kind of, let's just get into some text here and, and see in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 10, I've got verses 1 through 5 as the first part here. Uh, so he's, Paul says, By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So Paul right away starts with uh, the idea of of the humility and gentleness of Christ, and I really love that he starts there because he's really um, trying to to bring about some of those characteristics that I think a spiritual leader, a spiritual authority is supposed to have. So he, he touches upon humility and, and gentleness right away. Uh, another characteristic I think he, he brings up of spiritual leaders is that, that they're supposed to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And, and so that, that's kind of a taste of what some of the beneficial spiritual um, a spiritual authority is supposed to look like. What, what Paul is trying to to model for them. And I think he goes further on in the text. Um, in in verses 7 and 8, he, he talks to the, the church in Corinth, and he tells them, You are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed of it. And so he, he asks that, or it kind of states that a beneficial spiritual authority um, is, is someone who, who isn't judged by appearances. It's, it's someone who, who belongs to Christ. He talks about both of those in verse 7. Uh, and then that, the really significant thing, and, and the thing that I kind of want to highlight tonight, is that the authority uh, the Lord gave us is for building up rather than for tearing down and I think that's a, a really cool thing uh, that 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 he points out there um, that that really is the is the point of of that and so I'm gonna be moving on uh, to our last set of verses second uh, Corinthians 10 12 through 17. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you. We are not going too far in our boasting, as would be the case if we had not come to you, for we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others." 
Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory, but let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. Uh, so the characteristics there is in um, chap- or chapter, verse 12, uh, it says that they are that uh, a spiritual authority is one who's not commending uh, himself. That um, in, in verse 13, not, not boasting beyond proper limits. In verse 15, it talks about not boasting of the work done by others because verse 17 says we are to boast in the Lord. And verse 18 uh, echoes that saying that we are be, to be commended by the Lord. That that's, that's what it looks like to have, um, that's what proper spiritual authority looks like. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to lay out some of those characteristics for you. If, if you have the ability to take a screenshot of this, that might be a good thing because uh, this could be a list that would be helpful when you're doing the discussion questions. Um, but th- those are kind of the things that I think Paul is trying to really to, to remind them of, that, that that's what spiritual authority is supposed to look like, to be, to be humble and gentle, to, to be one who takes every thought obedient to Christ, um, that, that's not evaluated by the standards of this world that's not judged by appearances and especially that idea of building one another up and not tearing down uh, and that the boasting should be boasting in the Lord because you will be commended by the Lord not commending oneself not boasting beyond the proper limits not boasting of the work done by others but boasting in the Lord those are the things that that proper spiritual authority look like um Sorry, I forgot to hit the stop share. I just closed out my screen improperly. Um, so that's, that's, I think, what Paul is, is talking about here in 2 Corinthians 10, and that's what he really wants to mind the church in Corinth. He says, you've had these people that have come into town uh, that have really been talking up themselves, and they've really been saying um, kind of, hey, like, I, I've got Jesus too, just like that Paul character did. And actually, do you remember what that Paul guy like, yeah, he writes these really fancy letters and he's all like angry and, and thunderous. But then when he comes to you and talks, he's like kind of meek and not that impressive. And, and like, I don't even know if you should listen to him or follow him. And, and he keeps getting persecuted everywhere he goes. Like if if God were really with him, then like God would, you know, protect him and, and give him all these great things. And, And that's, I think what the people were saying about Paul, we don't have exactly their correspondence. Nobody's writing down their sermons probably because they weren't worth keeping around. Um, and so we, we don't see a lot of that other side of things. Uh, but from what Paul's talking about, I think that's kind of the characteristics that we see. And I think that's kind of memorable because I think as we look around in our culture today, there's a lot of uh, spiritual authorities. There's a lot of celebra pastors and, and people that have been elevated to statuses that that maybe aren't really worth listening to because you don't see the fruit of Christ in their lives. Um, because of what they say is more about how important they are and, and that they've got all this, you know, the wealth and good things and, and, and things that they can give. And, and just the truth isn't in them. And so I think that's what a lot of Paul is trying to warn uh, the church in Corinth about is, is to not, not be taken by those people, not be beholden to them because your life should look like Christ. That good spiritual authority should be one that shows fruit, is is ones that is obedient and taking every thought captive 
to Christ. And Christ should be our ultimate picture of, of what we should hope spiritual authorities look like, what they should be modeled after. Which then is not only uh, something for us to consider as we, as we look at who we are following, but also something to consider as, as we ourselves um, lead that that's what our lives should be looking like. That it not it shouldn't be about how many followers we have. It shouldn't be about how many people like us and how much money we're making or whatever. It, it should be about our lives looking like Christ. As Paul says in his earlier letter to the church in Corinth, uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And, and that's, I think, the big call, the big charge, the big challenge from this chapter is that our lives are supposed to look like that so that we can be good, beneficial, spiritual authorities in, in others' lives. Uh, one, of the, one of the reasons that CCF exists is, is to try to help people to become leaders in the church so that after you guys graduate from college, you'll be able to go and be a part of other ministries and churches where you can be um, spiritual authority figures. Um, I, I know some of you may look at your lives and think there's no way that you'd ever be able to do that or that's not your thing. Um, but I think God has called each one of us to, to, to go after it, to be people who can be leaders for the church and, and do awesome things in, in Christ's name and, and for the kingdom. And so I want this to be an encouragement. It's a charge. It's difficult, um, but it's worth pursuing because that's what a life dedicated to Christ looks like. And I think that's something that we can pursue and that we can go after. And so I feel like that's the kind of the words of Paul. Uh, God, we thank you so much for, for what you're doing uh, in CCF across all of our campuses. And God, that even, even as we're not able to be physically present on campus, that we can still have an impact in the lives of, of students. Um, not only our students that are gathered here, God, but, but in the students that, that are in virtual classes um, with, with our students, the, the ones that are Facebook friends and, and, um, other, other connections that we have through social media and other, other virtual things. And, and so God, I pray that, that as we go through this really difficult time, uh, a time that we don't get to have community in the same way that we normally do, God, that we will, we will pursue you, that we will hold on to you, um, that we will be ones who can be good spiritual leaders in others' lives, as as we point to you, as we show that you, that you are bigger and and more powerful than any any virus or anything that this world could throw at us. And so, God, I pray um, that that we will be steadfast in following after you. That we will be ones who who pursue you with everything that we have. That our lives will will model um, how Christ lived, and so that people who see us see Christ. They will see us so pursuing Christ that that is what they will want to do themselves. And so, God, help us to be those types of spiritual leaders um, in in our in our families, in our friend circles, in in our churches, everywhere that we go. God, that that we can be ones who just magnify you, and and point others to you and show them what it means to be imitators of Christ. And so, God, I thank you again for. The words that you speak through your your text, the words that you speak through each one of our staff people and and other other leaders, and God, I just um, I pray for you to to pour out just tremendous blessings on us, even in the the midst of this difficult time, that that we will be able to to be ones who are your examples of of what it means to live a life like Christ. So God, thank you again for for what you've done 
um, for the ways that you bless us, even in the midst of difficult times and circumstances, um, for your son who died for us to give us so much more than we could ever ask or hope for uh, in, in this life. And, and so, God, uh, yeah, I, I thank you for all of that. And it's, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for checking us out and spending some time with us this week. Quick reminder, if you're a student at Iowa State, University of Northern Iowa, or University of Iowa, we would love to connect you with a campus minister. So reach out to ccf.uiowa at gmail.com, and we will make sure we get you connected. Be sure to specify your school in an email. Additionally, if you have questions about anything you've heard today or anything that's on your mind, we would love a chance to answer that here anonymously. So you can also just drop a line there. Again, that is ccf.uiowa at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week, and please know that we are praying for you.